So uh, Tandi Kubule, who was named in a video clip that was posted by Huffington Post, along with uh, senior editor um, and Professor Anton Harbour, has said uh, the apology is not enough. And in fact, she will be uh, approaching the courts, a high court, to try and get documents declassified to clear her name. You may remember that the allegation against her, one that's been circulating on social media, has been uh, allegations that she was involved with Stratcom. Now, it's important to note that the video clip that has now been taken down with uh, Winnie Mandela speaking to Pascal Lange uh, speaks of the uh, operation, the political uh, machinations at the time of Stratcom looking to isolate and vilify her. And then she also makes a distinction between other journalists who were working at the time. She mentions the Weekly Mail, who were also writing about her. And this is where... This, I think what is misinformation and a lack of comprehension of what she said in that video stems. But now Tanega now saying that she will be approaching a court to get documents declassified. But what does declassification of documents actually entail? Joined on the line by Henny van Furen, director at Open Secrets, who have made it their mission, their business to try and get as much information about the country, especially that that which is declassified, uh, classified, uh, to be made publicly available. And Henny joins us to speak to us about what it takes to get apartheid era documents declassified. Henny, thank you so much for your time. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, listeners. So we heard from uh, Tanega saying she will be approaching a high court to clear her name through the declassification of documents. For many, many years, many members of the public have been saying that various documents should be declassified. And I know in your previous books, The Devil in the Detail, which looked at the arms deal, apartheid guns money, you had to deal with attempting to get documents that are currently classified uh, declassified. So... When we speak about classified documents, what are we actually talking about? Let's start there. Yeah, thanks, Googs. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think firstly, let, let us recognize the fact that there is, a, in fact, a wealth of material that remains in the archives and what we often refer to as the apartheid archives. So the material that was generated by the apartheid state, particularly the security services, the police, um, the military intelligence, the military foreign affairs and others. And when we were to undertaking research as Open Secrets, the book Apartheid Guns and Money, we were really, I must say, surprised by the extent of information that remains in the archive and that wasn't destroyed at the end of apartheid. We shouldn't forget that the apartheid regime, like most anti-democratic regimes, try to burn, destroy, shred as much material as possible. But mm-hmm. there's always just the volume is so huge that they drove out these trucks of, of material out of Pretoria and couldn't destroy it all. And and much of that material remains officially, as you asked, classified. So um, citizens don't have automatic access to it. I think we could have another conversation as to why we should have access to information automatically that deals with our apartheid past. But um, we have a, a record-keeping system in our country that doesn't give us automatic access, and so we have to use the promotion of access to Information Act, so-called PIA Act, mm-hmm. uh, the Freedom of Information Act, to access those records. And once you then use that bit of legislation that allows us access to those records, what does that process entail? I mean, I've read both your books, Devil in the Detail and Apartheid Guns Money, and it sounds as though it can be quite an arduous process, and you need to go to different departments, the South African Reserve Bank, State Security, and whichever other department might have those documents. 
Yeah, there's there's no doubt that in South Africa, like most countries, this is a, this is not uh, for the faint-hearted. Um, and we work very closely with the South African History Archive, an, an incredible, very small non-profit that does incredible work in helping civil society organizations to access the, these kind of records, lawyers from lawyers for human rights. And it took, um, I mean, it took in itself, and we've generated an archive of material when we look at the lawyers' letters and others that we had to write to government departments insisting that it's our democratic right to access some of that material. And in some instances, like the Reserve Bank and others, still continue until today to, um, we believe, undermine the Constitution by not giving us access to, to, to our, our right to, to information. But uh, the, that process in itself is not a question of just going straight to the courts. And I think um, I'd be interested in Tande Kulbule's uh, opinion that she may have received on this, but she would, to my understanding, have to put in an access to information request like any other, and I think the court would tell her to do the same. What's crucial, though, is the records she wants are from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, and those are held by the Department of Justice. They are the caretakers of this. I think what's important is there needs to be a call to the Minister of Justice that there needs to be ac- almost immediate access to those records and the records that Tandekas is, is looking for. Because we found that it took us almost, I would say, two and a half to three years to get access to basic information that the Department of Justice had from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission mm-hmm. um, on, on murdered activists, which should be in the public domain. When this happens, I think this is precisely this lack of access to information allows the STRATCOM agents to rule from the grave. And that's exactly what's happened now. People like Vic McPherson are dead. He died last year. But these people who, you know, who have helped to fuel this fire on Twitter and elsewhere, I think would be proud of the kind of mess that they've created with accusations of name calling of people, many of them who have an honorable reputation in, you know, in, in fighting for our right to know by talking about the atrocities of the apartheid regime being, being pulled into this brawl. Um, and, and I think that it's through our interpretation of this, you know, this is precisely what they always wanted to do, muddy the waters, ensure that we no longer believe in the media as a, as a source of information. And, and I, I do agree that one way of trying to, to resolve this is by us working through our past as painful as it is. And that will precisely require um, far greater release of information and records so that young historians, the women and men at our universities and elsewhere today can work through that material and help us better understand our, our past. Henny, thank you so much for your time. That's Henny von Furen, Director at Open Secrets.